right back in your eardrums it's pancreation philosophy that's right episode 140 talking fighting in the age of loneliness episode three and yep it's me your host pocholo cruz your unpaid intern ender who definitely watched it definitely watched the episode i'm not gonna wing this at all no watch that episode for sure uh endo cleafi here and look man it's the man who needs no introduction all right first of all do you guys remember when i was on the first episode of this this joint right here what did i say who did i call out who was it who was it it was justin bieber and i'm telling you guys i've been doing a lot of preparation the jujitsu is looking good check the boxing is looking good check i've been punking middle schoolers at my job that look like justin bieber check all right so you know what put your money in the bank man because you know what money is just it's disappearing just like, you know, the economy is tanking, so you got to invest in something solid. And you know what is a solid investment? Me smashing Justin Bieber, bro. You know what? He doesn't. He really doesn't want it. He does not want it with me, the king. You know, the king of the ring, the big roof, you know, the loose tooth, all that. Do you even know what that means? No. And if, if you can't catch me, then you need to take time to digest what I just said, because this isn't even going to be about fighting in the age of loneliness anymore. This whole hour and a half is going to be about me hyping the fight with me and Justin Bieber. No, this is Scott McDonald. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be back. Um, either you're with me on that one or you're not. So let's see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that Bieber, <happened>. you heard us. <laughs> Stop ducking him. All right, guys. Let's just do a quick recap of uh, episode two. Uh, I guess like any big points that you remember, Ender, or that you wanted to go over. Just oh, the, the episode I watched. Uh, episode two. Oh yeah, one you definitely watched. No, I definitely watched. Um, nothing that I haven't said on that episode already. Okay. How about you, Endo? Um, yeah, it was just cool watching that one because it was reliving the the origin of the yeah. UFC or the UFCs and yeah, the paradigm shift. Yeah, you know, that where it's like I. I I dug that time period. Well, it was a time before we knew what martial arts was, and then <laughs> we figured it out. But yeah. How about you, Scott? Any uh, any thoughts on the second episode of Fighting an Age of Loneliness? Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I liked how they, they tied in, like, the Reagan era, I guess. Like, how they measured that alongside with the emergence of the UFC, mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of good comparisons there between, like, Ronald Reagan as this, like, perennial political candidate. He was the governor of California, but no one really thought he was going to be president. And then, so, he made it happen, um, wasn't expected, and right around that, I think, when he was governor, that's when we saw that Ali and, uh, who was the... Inoki? <laughs> Inoki fight, Antonio yeah. Inoki. And, and, and the commentary there is really, like, describing, well, here... If this is what MMA is going to be, it doesn't seem likely. It doesn't seem like this spectacle is going to take hold. But it, it did eventually. So I, I like that commentary. And that that's how I was looking at it. And obviously the economic stuff going on during the Reagan era, I think. Uh, or the argument is that it, a lot of people were then drawn to the sport. Mm-hmm. A lot of the outcasts are people who are disenfranchised um, due to a lot of the Reagan policies. So it's always good to look at how that interacts with the culture but that's really all all i got but of course watching those early ufcs is crazy too it's like holy shit like 
Yeah, no wonder they called it human cockfighting. I mean, I don't think that... I, I disagree with that, but when you look at some of the, those fights and, like, who was it? Joe Sun? Was Joe Sun getting punched in the balls? Like, yes, Joe Sun was getting punched yeah. in the balls. Just like non- A hundred times. Yeah. Yes. If, if you watch that and you're like, this is a respectable sport, then you're my type of guy. Yeah. Well, he had I mean, that I, iron I dick in, training. I was in high school when those came out and yeah. I watched them and I thought it was... I, I thought I liked it. This will be on ESPN one day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the documentary <laughs> described the the majority of the audience of it, and I was like, I'm not like that. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. I, I, and I still think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think they he too often overplays like that, like, oh, the, I guess the weirdo or what. I mean, there's a multitude of people that were, were drawn to it, but at first it really was, I remember reading about this, it was considered the lower cultures like fascination or it was not on the higher end on a class basis you did have a lot of working class people that were drawn to that and then the just bleed guy was probably one of those people you know okay yeah so episode two mainly focused yeah on the beginning like ufc one and then essentially what you know we call like the dark ages like Mm. so before before the 2000s. So episode 3. Or the f- glory age. The glory age. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the dark. MMA at its finest. If we could only revert back to that. No <laughs> weight classes. Single disciplines. Before everyone just train one. Yes. Then we normal. wouldn't have so many decisions. Yes. But more deaths. Yeah, and that's okay, right? That's what the people want. <laughs> it's what the, pe- the people want. The bl- Is this what you came to see? Are you not entertained? Oh, well, speaking of entertainment. So we're moving on to Japan. You know, pride. Uh, oh, yep. pride. Oh, pride. Yes. I loved that uh, stat about the UFC 15's attendance was like 4,000, and then yeah. Pride 1 was like 47,000. Four, yeah, yes. 47,000. Like, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Like, it was a, an arena. Yeah. They... <laughs> like, a legit arena. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I guess I guess let's start with that. I mean, I guess that's funny how you mentioned pride. I mean,. You you were you were pretty much you were born like right around when Pride was like was happening. Mm. So like what what do you know about Pride, Ender? Absolutely nothing from when I was a kid. <laughs> when you were a kid, I, of course. I had no exposure to it. Mm-hmm. I only I only knew about it after it had ended. And I I really wish I could have watched those fights happen. They're so weird. They were yes. a little hard to come by for me. Yeah. Like, I, I would get the old, those early UFCs on VHS. Yeah. I could find those at the video store. But uh, the only Pride stuff The I video found, store. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, video yeah. store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but my you know, older brother would. I, don't, I, I had no idea where my older brother would get them, but sometimes for like my birthday or for Christmas, he'd give me like a Pride VHS. Or like a Pride. VHS, yeah. yeah. And yeah. your older brother's cool. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they were harder harder to come by. Almost oh, definitely, me. especially at that time. Yeah. yeah, I remember I used to get like bootleg DVDs or bootleg like. Well, no, they were not DVDs. They were VCDs. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, in the in the Philippines. But um, how about you, Scott? Do you, how, what do you remember about uh, Pride Fighting Championship? Uh, I remember like uh, finding out about Chuck Liddell and then Tito. And then event like I just went down the MMA rabbit hole online, and then I found Fedor, and I thought Fedor was God. Like just the, I think the highlight videos they made of him really gave him this like mystique. But then just his skill too. I first fight I watched of him in Pride was when he just bludgeoned Nogueira from yeah. the guard with this like these crazy hooks. And I mean you see how that's morphed into like Khabib's 
yeah. style. And yeah, and then I found out about Vanderlei, who became my favorite fighter just because of his like raw aggression and pride. Just yeah, it was brutal. Those soccer kicks and the stomps and yeah, it was a uh, at that time when I was exposed to it, it had to have been like late two thousands, and that's when it was like. They're kind of doing the Pride versus UFC. Like I remember, Chuck had Liddell had come over yeah. to Pride and just got smashed by Rampage. Um, and I thought Chuck, I was like, was like indestructible. And then I watched that fight. I think I downloaded it from like Kazar. What were one of those? Yeah, yeah. Live Wire. Yeah. Hypothetically downloaded it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't. Yeah. FBI ATF. I'm just hanging out here. Yeah, yeah. But um. Oh no, for sure. I think spectacle really is like that. That was, I'd say that was the big difference between like Japanese MMA and and American MMA was, um, yeah. Just I think they put a real emphasis on the the pageantry, like for sure. Mm-hmm. And they were because you know they like had the like, whole way from the walkout, yeah. Yeah. to the confetti, like, do, 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 yeah, 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 to, to the, the, the like, to the. Ah! Yeah, and the lady, the yeah. crazy uh, announcer, yeah. crazy pride lady. Yeah. She's the best. Our next podcast, I'm gonna scream like that for my first five <laughs> minutes of nonsense. Everyone, get get ready. Get ready. Yeah. That's the hook. So it gets you in here. So and they love the good shit. freak show. Oh man, oh, man. that's what they love. Show. Bob said. <laughs> yeah, it's like no experience in martial arts whatsoever. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but yep. are you, but are you giant and weird? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Bob Sapp trained here in Kirkland. At yes, AMC. he did. What? Yeah, he's in AMC. Still, this all he still lives around here. Yep. Oh, he does. That. Maybe you yep. should get him on the podcast. Shout out to Bob Sapp. <laughs> Bob Sapp. Real, though. Uh, Ender Cleofi wants twice. to grapple you. Ender Cleofi no, wants to grapple no, you. Bob Sapp, if God, this ever no. gets out to you, you oh, can come to this God, garage. God. It's okay. He can't fit in this garage. <laughs> That's just one of our training sessions, all four of us against Bob Sapp. <laughs> I, t- I don't think he can work. He, Bob Sapp is, what, 6'6", 350? <laughs> yeah, he's humongous. He's person. I don't know if he's doing well right now. He, he, mentally, I would assume he's not. He was on uh, Air, Ariel Hawani's podcast a while ago. Or in Ariel, he was just nonsensical. Oh, just doing and nonsense. Ariel Hawani was like, all right, Bob. You need some help, Bob. Oh, damn. Yeah, dude. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. He was just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah well, he's in the NFL for a long time, too. So, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm sure the fighting thing wasn't that great for your brain. Yeah. Yeah, football and then that. Yeah. And he got busted for uh, juicing. And... Allegedly. 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 Yeah. What are you talking about? That was completely natural. And there wasn't, like, <clears throat> testing and pride Mm-mm. on this timeline. Man, drugs are encouraged. We definitely yeah. don't test for steroids. In, just, in bold all caps. Yes, just letting you guys know, we don't test. I thought the the documentary spent, like, a, a, a weird amount of time on Shogun. And no time on Sakuraba. I was like, mm. whoa. How well, do you, on Sakuraba, yeah. I mean, they kind of glanced. Actually, they didn't even oh, mention Sakuraba, Sakuraba. that nobody? Like, they mentioned him <clears throat> just to describe oh, how dirty Ar- Arona was. That's true, Arona was. was. Yeah. 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 But that's not why. Like, Sak no. should have been covered. And, and if anything, Shogun was, like, at the tail end. More. Like, Sakuraba really was the first star. And then, he was, yeah. And then Vanderlei took Especially it when he smashed him. for the yeah. continuity coming from uh, episode two, talking about Hoist and the Gracies. To, to talk about what's what Sack did in Pride was especially, that would have been a good should transition have been, should yeah. have been a good oh no for sure especially what he did against the Gracies yeah. against Hoist Hoyler Henzo yeah. that like 
it was a cool narrative. So. Yeah, no, it, it was a great narrative. And I think he ripped Hoyler's shoulder out, didn't yeah. he? Oh, uh, the Henzo. no, Henzo. Henzo, yeah. Henzo never tapped, really. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention it uh, in the podcast for episode two. I thought it was cool uh, how they talked about how how insane Alio was. Like, he just. <laughs> Didn't care about getting just mauled. Yeah. Yeah, for like three hours. Yeah. They're like, all right, buddy, you, you're a samurai. They just needed some old yeah. Japanese guy to go in there. You're a samurai. Yeah. Just, all right, you can stop. Nope. Me. Yeah. Like I, hardcore. I, I could do this all day. <laughs> yeah, it's that pride, he's man. He's basically pre-cap. Yeah, he is pre-cap. He's like, he's cap if he never got... <laughs> if he never got the, the juice. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought this... I thought they should have covered Sack. Oh, oh, no, for sure. Like, Sakuraba was such a critical part. And then, yeah, and just all the iconic, like, victories, like, you know, that he had. Well, not even just victories, but, like, performances he had. You know, like, against Rampage. He was the national hero, Yeah, against Randleman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Against his trilogy, trilogy against Vanderlei. Yeah. I think he got... Oh, man, that was back after he was was climbing and climbing, and then Pride was like... We're just gonna make sure you die. Yeah, like, yeah. they just threw him to the wolves. That, that, there that's was some, the thing. Well, yeah, the, towards I mean, the end there, they were just like matching him up with just. What's the worst matchup possible? For Sack. Well, didn't he? Perfect. Didn't Sack. he get like stomped out by Vanderlei in one fight? I, I, I vividly remember that three four combo. I don't know if it was fight two or three, but it was just such a brutal knockout. There was also like and a both power hit bomb. Yeah. yeah, they I were think, trying to kill him. I, I think they were. They were like, the like what, we need him to fight more and more cartoonish characters. Yeah. Like, but you know what? I always interpreted it. Them, I think they really believed he could win. No, they but, really thought he was a superhero. Yeah. But you know what? That's I think a distinct thing about like the Japanese culture too is like they have their heroes, they love their fighters, and then there's just that like samurai or warrior spirit. So even if he's outgunned, like it's just the tenacity that they love you for. Yeah. Which uh, it and just watching the crowds too. I watched a couple pride fights before uh, we did decided to do this episode and it's just like the crowd is quiet and that's yeah. just so impressive it's very quiet they clap for like guard passes yeah. and i mean if you get and if you get out of like a horrible position they clap yeah. or it's just yeah and then that's they respect a, the technique yeah. Mean, yeah they respect the technique yeah you mean they're remotely competent yeah they are Oh, Not no, that I don't mind a bunch of drunk, crazy Americans screaming knee when you have when someone has a leg lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, but the crowd would erupt though when when Sakuraba like because they fight. knew what they were seeing. Oh, no, but no, but also no, just but his like his, his his like his display of bravery for yeah. sure. They also loved Minowa in a sa- a similar way, right? Minowa man was that type of guy who was just fighting anybody guys, and everybody. Anybody, yeah. <laughs> He also ran into Vanderlei, man. Just Vanderlei had to be juiced out of his mind, like looking back on those old pictures. Just <laughs> oh no, I remember Minowa also ran into like Rampage. Rampage slammed him, and then he got a, he fought Phil Baroni. Well, anyway, but back, but back to Sakuraba. Yeah, man. Like no, Sakuraba is such a pivotal part of of MMA, of I Japanese so. MMA, especially like from there. He was yeah, he was their first like legit star. Yeah. Like that was that was the star that Pride made. Like from there, and I think also like just talk about. I mean, talk about unassuming. Like you look at Sakura, I'm like, yep, chain smoker. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was a chain guy. smoker. Yeah, yeah. Well, falling apart. He's held together by tape. Yeah, <laughs> fighting these like athletic <laughs> behemoths <laughs> like Rampage Jackson, Kevin Randall. <laughs> like oh, Vander, he like, did fight Kevin Crow Cop, Ricardo Arona. <laughs> 
All right, Rampage, go beat up that scarecrow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you see that, yeah, you see that janitor right there? (laughs) Get him. Vanderlei would get him. He'll kill anyone. Yeah, that guy's crazy. That was Shiloh's favorite fighter until she discovered Alexei all the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, man, I mean, talk about the next star that, that, uh, that pride made, yeah, Vanderlei, just like, well, just everything, like he just the head like, tattoo. Yeah, he looked like he was less less evolved. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean yeah. that in a good way. No, he yeah. looked like the missing link. Yeah, like, for sure. You look like, yeah, this is what a cage fighter. <laughs> or this is, yeah, this is definitely what a man <laughs> that wants to fight other people looks like. Yeah, just from, and then just like the look too, yeah, like just like the, the yeah, and then menacing glare. Oh man, oh. Oh, pride, mm. and then um, yeah, then like Vanderlei, then, yeah, it did. No, as I, I thought to him, like I mean, Shogun was great. Like, I, don't don't get me wrong, but yeah. it was like, yeah, there there was a lot of elements like of pride, like for sure, and then uh, even oh yeah, they, they never touched on the Gracies again. But Hicks and Gracie was on the on the first Pride show. Like mm-hmm. that was that that was what built it. Like, from well, there. I think the documentary again, it's trying to like really position mixed martial arts and how MMA gets like really solidified in a particular culture. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think they showed, you know, J- Japan post world war two economic boom. A lot of wealth is being circulated. They essentially are out producing, uh, the United States. And then there's that drop that happens, um, that affects the entire, society and i mean even felix pointed out it was like you know the same culprits that we saw in 2008 it's like low interest rates and uh cheap credit that's what he said and i didn't dig too deep uh too deep into the economic side but then what happened is youth unemployment rises right you see that and then wages are stagnated so what really props up pride and they make a very clear point on that what kept pride afloat and it was you know, y- Yakuza. Yakuza. And, they, and you know what was crazy? If you pause like one of the first scenes there, it's actually a newspaper snippet or article snippet about Fedor's trainer and how the oh, Yakuza yeah. walked up to him and put a I gun to his head. And they're like, you're going to sign him over. You know what's going to happen. Not to Fedor, but for Fedor's manager. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Fedor's manager. Yeah. And then also they mentioned like, you know, Mark Coleman threw a fight. Yeah. So then he could be positioned and he essentially said it is what it is. And, you know, it's not the first time I have heard stories like that um, about that organization. A little grimy. Super grimy, you know. And <laughs> yeah. the, and they and they even said like, oh, I wish I would have like watched it sooner because I would have remembered more. But there was like a pride official who lived in the same like complex as a yakuza member and then like uh what's the ju- what's the judocon's name who is always in pride um i think he fought hoist a couple times um was it yoshida no 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 i think it is yoshida talking about like Japanese they saw members. yoshida go into this room yeah. with these yakuza members and they're like no no that's not that's not it's not what you think it is and yakuza no, members no, those are the cool yakuza <laughs> and they would be like in the front row of the fight so there's very much you know there's probably like a, a betting line on fights and like I think they were also pushing the freak show too because that's also how you get people regardless of culture to like watch it's like these yeah. mismatches oh, yeah. which oh, is oh, which oh, is a sure. continuity of kind of the first couple UFCs right but um yeah I think it filled an interesting you know 
space when there was a lot of um, economic decline and it's interesting how we gravitate towards those things at particular moments and that that's a huge focus of the documentary mm-hmm. I mean yeah talking about freak shows like Crow Cop fought a guy in a wrestler's mask in a luchador <laughs> mask yeah, yeah. Like, um, the real question is, why hasn't that happened since? Street beefs? <laughs> it's still happening in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it did, yeah, it did focus on, yeah, a lot, a lot on Shogun. And, I mean, Shogun did have a great run in, in Pride, like, for sure. Especially, yeah, especially that last, I mean, pretty much right, right before Pride got bought out in 2006, like, Shogun was, like, was the last was the last star of Pride, like from there. I'd say I'd say him and Gomi, like for sure. Oh yeah, they mentioned Gomi too, dude. Like briefly did, though, did they? and they mentioned our boy. Uh, yeah, they, they briefly mentioned Gomi. Yeah. Uh, who else did they? I'll remember later. Sakurai. They did. Yeah, they mentioned Sakurai, dude. That roster briefly. was just really impressive. Yeah. It was a yeah. No, it was just going down the list. Well, Shogun. I think Shogun's run was really impressive and there's i think an underlying meaning there of like here's this guy who again they meant i think it's they're doing it in a joking way but here's this guy who doesn't really look like he's gonna fuck anybody up he's really nice and humble and quiet and then he just gets he doesn't look like vanderlei he doesn't look like vanderlei (laughs) yeah which is funny yeah and he's charming good looking dude but then he, he yeah he's not ripped and he gets in there and he just does work i think is one of his first fights I don't think it was his first fight, but he fought Rampage in the tournament. Oh, dude, first, he fucked right? up Ramp, but that was his first fight in the tournament. Rampage. In the tournament, and he breaks yeah. Rampage's rib, and then he like kicks him in the face as he's leaning out the rope, and it's like, oh my, or the ropes, it's like, oh my god. Oh no, for sure. Like, yeah, no, Sh- Shogun was was damn vicious. Mm. But um, also, I mean, also Shogun had been training since he was like a child. Like, he, right? Like, th- there's that, you know, famous like house fight where he's like 16 and like fighting in a house in brazil so yeah he was uh yeah he he was well on his way but yeah no definitely like but, un- unassuming for sure and he i think you know and i'm glad you bring up sakuraba because i think sakuraba is also he he's like a kind of like a catch wrestler type freestyle fighting type definitely i didn't feel like a huge martial like vibe from him even though he is a warrior he's- Kind of an entertainer first, mm. and I martial think artist second. Exactly, I think with Shogun though, you see like this blend of you know great Muay Thai, and then just you know especially co- for the time. Exactly, so crazy like, scrambles, lethal jujitsu, and so there's a transcending moment there. That blend really didn't exist before that, right? At and that level, you know. So it kind of transcends the freak show, the mismatch, and it's like here's this highly skilled guy, and it's just like. That's I. That's why he got that name Shogun. What an honor bestowed upon him as an athlete to get that from the Japanese people. Like that is, that'll stay with him, and it obviously did stay with him. But well, that is the freak show. The guy who can like fight on the ground and the feet somewhat competently. Was, Back then, yeah, that yeah. he was part of that like crazy group of individuals. That's a unicorn. Yes, right. Back then it was. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's not like Bob Sapp versus friggin' random. <laughs> You know, he random uh, Mexican wrestler mask guy. You know, it's that's the freak show. I think that's. I also don't know how you bring up Bob Sapp and not talk about this fight with Minotaro. Like, yeah, wait a minute, legend. But you know who, who else we haven't talked about? Giant Silva. 
yeah. He had a baseball bat once. Giant? No. Silva, dude. You, you didn't know this? No. no. So this is, okay, so this is a, imagine. Can you show uh, Ender a picture of giant I'll look Silva? It up. He looks like a giant Muppet. But, um. Huge. Yeah, like huge. So he's even, so get this, he's even, think about, yeah, he's even bigger than Bob Sapp. He's seven feet tall. But, like, e- like no athleticism whatsoever. <laughs> Ender. Like, Jesus Christ. What? Ender. I'm oh, do you at, see him? I'm looking at it right now. Holy crap. Yeah, it's like if Animal from the from the Muppets, like, got a lot, like, got stretched out. <laughs> and, well, I don't know. If he, he's if he had... fighting in, like, work pants and a t-shirt. <laughs> well, uh, Ender, Dude, he's he my hero. fight anyway. Yeah. He was horrible. There's a there's a highlight video out there with him in it and and, and no listen and they doctor it so it looks like he like knocks out Fedor <laughs> and he knocks out Nogara and he knocks out Vanderlei and Krokov and they're like one man defied it all and it's just like him throwing a punch and then it's a scene of like Krokov getting dropped by Randleman and you can tell but it's like Randleman's bodies all the way out yeah like, epic I mean this in the nicest way possible but he looks like a Neanderthal <laughs> dude yeah so he's like Imagine, like, Bigfoot Silva, but even less oh, athletic. He's a former <laughs> basketball player Did in he, Brazil. What he it wasn't that hard tall. when you're seven feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> they, they found, like, the one guy. Like, just throw him. it to Silva. He just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, just stand in front of this guy. All right. Well, he can, put, he can put the basketball in the basket, but he can also just throw the other basketball players out of the arena. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, good old giant Silva. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they barely... I mean, they covered... They kind of covered Minotauro, but not really. Oh, a little bit. But I mean, got, he got hit by a truck. That's basically yeah, what I, I said. And but his the, other brother and was he's faster. The brother of yeah. This, yeah. this lesser fighter. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, no, I like how they go, like, yeah, he didn't get hit by a truck. He was lighter and faster. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you saying? But less resilient. Yeah, but less resilient. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, like, that was his dice roll. For his stats, he oh didn't get hit by. Trump. You know why he's so good at boxing? He didn't get hit by. Trump. Yeah, minus two toughness plus two speed. He, he would have just slipped the truck. I mean, it's not wrong. Actually, he almost got hit by a truck and he slipped and left hooked it. The truck broke apart. No, no, no. But I, but did anyone else think that was hilarious? I'm like, oh yeah, this is the brother that didn't get hit by the truck, and he got he's slightly worse. Yeah, yeah, slightly worse on the ground, slightly better boxing. Though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man but yeah but yeah the Shogun run is important because I also think Felix is the, really likes Shogun because when they cover Jones he's like talks about how Jones beat Shogun he's like and Jones destroyed Shogun and you had to admit how skilled he was even if it made you hate him just a little bit because <laughs> he's a huge fan so I think that was probably a, a motivation to focus on that but i also think it, it was just a spectacular moment for the sport for pride and it again moving above the the freak show and then the documentary doesn't it move on to like when they come to the uh u.s briefly didn't don't they mention that no no, they, no that's they, the they next episode I, I know he they go spoilers man. Jeez, God. Well, you guys should be ahead anyway. If you're if whoever's listening to this, I feel like this is just going into the abyss. You know, once here. Nope. But um, and then it goes. How does it? They how do they transition out of Shogun? Do you remember? They go to back to the UFC. And they they oh. show that the UFC is gaining some hmm. traction in like what Mississippi. Well, they say that they they're like in deep trouble and. On the verge of failure until they go all in on the on ultimate the- fighter. <laughs> yes, 
and that's what changes, changes everything. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Guys, what if we put 16 young 20-somethings all unlimited in a, alcohol. In, in a, <laughs> unlimited alcohol in a mansion? Oh, and they're also all fighters. Yes, who will fight each other. <laughs> but sometimes they won't fight, they'll just do weird And that challenges. was just a horrible... That <laughs> followed a horrible cow- saga of... Just awful, like reality TV. Even though, like, we no, was, it was pretty deep in the height of yes. it. But like, make you remember like making the band with P yeah. Diddy yep. and Big Brother, and it's just like this this weird sort of thing. And it and then you never get the full picture of like what it is to be a martial artist when you watch Tough. You just they're all put together. It's like the training doesn't even really make sense. It's like they put them through these crazy conditions where they're like fighting weekly right like and then in between there's no like boundaries it's like you can get as fucked up as you want for ratings and drink all this alcohol and they they want to create that chaos for the ratings yeah, so it's, but you, it worked yeah and like, as far as bringing mma to the consciousness of well no no for it, sure where I mean, it worked though is the they weren't even doing that good when that was started it was that fight between bonner and, and griffin i think they're gonna cover that in another episode, so maybe not go too deep into that. They, but. they covered no, it. No, or no, did no, they? they? They covered in this episode. But oh, I think okay. the biggest thing is, like, you could easily tell that reality show producers were the ones that picked the fighters because they just took the craziest people that they, they can't. They <laughs> that got. dude's not mentally stable. Perfect. Perfect. Check. How, how will you do with Diego. all this alcohol? No, but... Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben. No, but it's funny though how we're like we're not that far removed from like Bob Sapp. No, Chris no, we're Lieben. not. We're, we're, we're just like a gen- no. We're, we're, we're not that. But just in our local. <laughs> yeah, they're part of our school's no, we're, lineage. We're, not, we're like one degree. <laughs> like so if Bob Sapp trained at AMC, Chris Lieben trained at AMC. But um, no, no, yeah, we're very close. No, but I'm just thinking it's like you got to think like kind of dumb luck how they got like all these like would turn out to be actually legit fighters it but really you perfect. can just tell like oh no they just brought in up like the craziest guy diego sanchez yeah. oh, God. they're like the yeah they they they're like oh yeah what do you guys do it's like yeah we'll just get all the craziest guy we'll see what happens well it's like okay. you get a bunch of dudes together too and then it's like forrest griffin talked about this like when he left he was like he had to like reset because he was in a different mental space when he was there with the pranks and just the you know audaciousness of being with a bunch of fucking fighters that are getting drunk and fighting every week and he said it took a toll on him you know um which is interesting it's a lot of bros yeah. yeah i think my favorite tough season it was one of the more recent ones but they all start like maybe the first like three episodes or so they're all like posturing you know like trying to start shit but they're not going to really start shit broing up being like egotistical bros but then they all realize independently Oh, these guys are actually pretty cool, and it turns out to be like the most wholesome season of <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah, like they're all—they you know all, you're all right. <laughs> like guys from both teams, they're all just like hanging out, and when people fight each other, like yeah, I really respect them. It's gonna be a great fight. That's awesome. <laughs> they're all just chilling with each the, other. The early toughs were not—they like were not that. like that. No, they were not. No, like no. That. and then and then it really set the tone for like this weird like space that Dana would occupy as like the the boss, right? Coming in and just like. You know, being you vulgar. Be a fucking fighter. No, seriously, and then like setting this tone of like determining who determining who wants it and who doesn't and who has the right traits and who doesn't. And then so people watch that. And I remember when I was first exposed to it, I was like, oh, you have to follow these guidelines and be like these guys in order to be a successful uh, mixed martial artist. And that was how they branded it too, right? 
And so you also saw that I think the beginning stages of like the UFC really never interrogating itself. Not that they would have any incentive to do that, but it was them framing it. Dana is like the judge, jury, executioner in a way. And, and you saw how that turned out for him where, I mean, they run it. They run the UFC like mob bosses still, you know. I mean, especially well, as it pertains to the fighters' contracts. And we got a first look at what that would become, I think, with Tough. Well, Scott, there are actual mob bosses at the head that's of the UFC true. at that time. Yeah. The uh, the Fertitas had connections to mob money, and that's yeah. how they were able to hop uh, in and establish yeah. Zufa and everything. I know. I wonder if they would hire Ross. <laughs> Any mafias? Mafias around? Any mafias? But, uh, yeah. I mean, the mafia, yeah, I just want to do some crimes. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, it is, yeah, Bo, oh, wow, in this combat sports (laughs) underground, like, or, uh, I guess underground empires. I I remember seeing it on Spike and thinking, oh my god, UFC's on Spike. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was not a fan of reality television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still still am not. I I didn't like the, like they would do these challenges, these games. Oh like, no, yeah, no, 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 dude. Like, what the hell? That's is exactly this? what I was alluding to. Andrew. like some of the guys would get eliminated, and they would have nothing to do with how well they were as fighters. <laughs> Wait, they would, like the challenges out. can get you eliminated? Yes, like if you couldn't get these many water bottles, like move from one place or another. Who designed this? Wait, when was that? When did that happen? This season one, bro. Yeah, some who some got it? Well, I have to go I back don't and. That. I'll pull that I, shit I do out. remember that because I remember watching like what the fuck does this have to do with fighting <laughs> <laughs> yeah I didn't I like any of that but I did like that we got to see MMA on TV oh no for amazing. sure right on like on like regular TV yeah, I'm like what the hell it was yeah. amazing well that's how that's how I came in contact with it and then which inspired me to train so they're obviously a, a pro to it and especially at yeah. that level I wasn't interrogating I just looked at it and I was like oh man look at these guys they're athletic they're pushing themselves and wow, this looks like this is challenging. And that, I mean, I remember DJ said something similar too. He saw tough. Oh yeah, he for was sure. Like, and he was like, well, look, these guys are in shape and cool. That's really enough for me and yeah. to get to get involved. So it had a positive in that light. I totally agree, Scott. I think tough was the, like, that was like the watershed moment, like for our generation, like, mm-hmm. for sure. Like guys that are in there, I guess, like what now? Like late, like late 20s, like or early 30s, like, like you, me, DJ, a lot of the guys that started fighting like around the mid two thousands, it was mainly due to the Ultimate Fighter, like for sure. That was what caused a boon in mixed martial arts. Like, yeah, right. And into the point of like the for initial cla- uh, cast being kind of like these, uh, I say weird and not like a completely negative way, but like these unique like re- people that you just aren't out there normally. You normally, you know, like Diego Sanchez. Think about him and how he's like. Uh, situated uh, in life, or um, was Rashad Evans on that one too? No, Rashad Evans was, was season two. He was season two with Rich Franklin. Yes. Yeah, and then even Chris Lieben, like you yes. know, just Josh Koscheck, I think is probably a typical guy we could point out if we look back right. into our high school past. Like <laughs> that's the jock wrestler. It was a complete asshole. But then Chris Lieben was this guy who's super tough, but was definitely like up and down and had something else going on which they they do that in reality tv too that i think they must have psychologists or somebody doing profiles so they're like okay let's take a look at this guy if he's put in a stressful situation what's like the worst but best thing that could happen for our ratings and and that was actually no secret too they did that with big brother and they did that with other things too so and i guess that's where it's abnormal in that way is like think about when you are actually fighting though you're not in an environment like that like 
there's other ways to get to the UFC outside of this crazy reality thing, but it's a quick way to get there. And yeah, I mean, looking at it now, it's, it's just like, it was kind of a mess, but it turned into a, I think a big thing for fighters to, who may have gone like unseen or not discovered to get in there. Cause then they started having tough tryouts all over the U S right. And I remember they had some here, uh, with some of the later toughs and yeah, some guys got put on from Washington. Uh, I think a cool thing about tough is that even if you didn't win, if you had a good showing, you, it helped your, your career too. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they do that on the contender now too. Yeah. So it's just like, Same thing, but yeah, no, but I think the big thing for tough was they gave you exposure. Yeah. It was like know? a big scouting. Yeah. Show. Well, especially like, you know, back, back then. Cause like Endo was alluding to, there wasn't like a lot of, Unless you're watching pay-per-views, there was really like or going to the video store. Yeah, there no was, one. There's no other way to watch <laughs> the video UFC store. Yeah, or MMA. Crazy to see. And it was hosted TV. on the most junk <laughs> Spike. Spike TV Spike TV, TV for dudes. <laughs> and there was that, and then there was like all these like thousand ways to die. Obviously, I would sit there and w- wait for <laughs> thousand ways to die. Heavy, I watched. I, yeah, it. I was like, I was. 18, 17, 18, of course I watched that shit. And then you're just like up late and there's just like some boobs at some point. You're like, this is great. <laughs> Fighting boobs and people dying. A thousand different ways. Yeah. No, but that was their target demographic. Like like guys from like age like 18 to 35. And I think they hit it. They really like, did. Right, 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 right there. Yeah. Spike TV then <laughs> went out. I don't know what year, but. I don't know. I don't know what it is now. But. Yeah. I'm looking at the synopsis for the season one of The Ultimate Fighter. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, what, what are some of the highlights you've So got? Yeah. there's. Apparently, trading is a thing. So the oh, co- I forgot about that. The coaches <laughs> keep it, and you can right. just trade a dude for some reason. <laughs> oh, wait, so it's dudes training other dudes to fight dudes for money? Well, what does that no, sound no, no, like? I, I know what he's talking He's talking about like the team situation. The team trade. And it would get weird. I remember one of the most awkward team situations was when uh, BJ Penn uh, fought. Well, it was B- <laughs> Team BJ and then Team... Uh, Pulver. Uh, Col- yeah, yeah uh, Jens Pulver. Yeah. And then, so they usually, you know, pick. It's like it's like yeah. a pickup game of basketball. They're like, all right, you get first pick, and then I go from sure. there. Well, when BJ Penn goes like, all right, who wants to be on my team, and who wants nothing to do with Pulver's <laughs> team? No, he did that, and then, like, more than half, like, went to him. And then Pulver's like, well, I, I guess I get these guys. No, that, that's the thing. And then what he a had power to, move. No, it was a power move, but then it was like, oh, this is awkward because he can't take all of them. There's like, there were some guys that only that wanted to be on Vita's team, but it had to be on Jens' Pulver's team. But Na- like, Nate Diaz was on uh, Jens' team. Yes. And then yes. you had... A- was Gabe Rudiger? Yeah, Gabe Rudiger yeah, Gabe was Rudiger. on that. And, uh, yeah, Gabe. yeah, Manny Gamburian. Uh, that yeah. was a t- the whole Gabe Rudiger part of tough was so hard to watch because he wasn't dieting, he wasn't disciplined, and then like he had that major cut before his fight, and like they he tried to stay in the sauna, and like they're dragging him out, and then like dragging him back in, and he's just like dying, and he's like no. Put me back in. <laughs> and BJ Penn was like, he was just looking at me like, Beach, I can still make it. <laughs> Dude. And then Andy, Andy, Andy Wang. Wang. That's what I always remembered. The Wang. The, <laughs> Why? He's like, they're going to remember that Andy <laughs> yeah. Wang was a warrior. And I'm like, dog, no, they're not. And that's messed up. I mean, we do remember just ever the way he wanted to be remembered. Because <laughs> he, he didn't listen. Like, warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so there was... 
There was training. There was the they talked about in the documentary the crazy like twenty pound weight cut Bobby in season Southworth. one, and just how much. Well, that yeah, that was uh, Bobby Southworth. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, yeah. that that was him. Uh, Bobby Southworth gets into a lot of shit in this season apparently, but there was yeah. the challenges did hold like huge significance over how the con everything goes. Yes, and oh man. It it was ridiculous. No, I really want to say it wasn't until like ep- like season, I don't know, a few seasons in, we're like, hey, wait, what if we just do the fighting? Thing? I was grateful oh, when that happened. Yeah, when they removed all the nonsense. No, was no, no I was like, yeah, it's, it's about like, time. Yeah. This is all we wanted to see. I, but I think yeah. they needed it to be that to get the mainstream get a foothold. Well, that's yeah, how you yeah. keep it in like the whole reality TV yes. genre is yes. like. Some people are just like cringe at the fighting. It's like, oh, these guys are playing pool and they're like fighting with noodles in the pool for nine thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> Ken Shamrock versus Tito in the pool with a noodle for nine thousand. Like, and they're like bong. going at each other like they're fucking fighting. <laughs> no, was... no, it was actually pool and Tito played uh, Ken in pool. No, dude, Ken and Ken him. Shamrock yeah. is like a pool shark and just smoked him. <laughs> And well, look at Ken. He's definitely he's definitely his his other job is like a bouncer at a bar. Of yeah. course he's playing pool. There was like one of those <laughs> trash bars. No, yeah, he's like with a roadhouse guy. Hella cougars. <laughs> no, we're gonna Shamrock. send we're gonna send Ender yeah. to that bar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, I think one of the fights was decided because someone like played a prank on another guy, and the prank was that they kicked down his his door down in half. And so Dana was like, well, I guess those guys got to fight now. Oh, yeah. That was like Chris Lieben and Josh Koscheck, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was. Yes. Well, Chris That's Lieben was... That was how the match got made. No, because it was Josh Koscheck and Bobby and Southport. Bobby, they, like, they pissed on his pillow or yes. something. Oh, and yeah. like broke his door. And yeah, was... but Chris peed on someone, too. Oh, wait, no. I think... It was right, I, I'm mistaken that it was Chris that peed on someone else's pillow. Bobby... But then when Bobby... I think they got a hose or yes. something. And then... I think Bobby and... Uh, it's just so similar to making the band. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dog. You want to be a rapper? I need you to walk 90 miles to get some Cambodian breast milk. Yeah. Bring me back a whole go... Do you want to be a star or not? <laughs> I'm P. Diddy, baby. Take that, take that. Yeah. Take that, take that. Gotta take a But yeah, season one was... Holy it was a mess. Balloons. I thought... Um, I, just as a fan of the, the fights, I they didn't... Talk about the Kenny Florian fight. I thought that was a pretty. Oh cool. no! Yeah, Kenny I thought Florian. Kenny, that whole season had a pretty cool display of grappling. Uh, Diego mm-hmm. too. Oh no, for sure, and like, especially because you have to remember Diego. that show was a was middle. They were middleweights. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were one eighty five. Two guys that would eventually fight at one fifty five yeah. were fighting like thirty pounds heavier than <laughs> their just, actual weight class, and yeah. and they made it to the finals. Yeah, <laughs> but they were pretty technical. Oh yes, extremely so. Like from there. And it's very funny because, well, Diego has, I mean, as Scott alluded to, such a interesting character in, yeah. in that regard. And that was apparent. Like, it got like, weirder as his career went on. Almost. Like, I, it wasn't, it didn't start off as weird as it got. I know, it started off because, like, oh, this guy's just real intense, yeah. you know, kind of different. And then yes, it got weird. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, I just remember, like, one of my favorite Diego moments is when he's walking out when he fights uh, J- Jake Ellenberger. And he walks out and, like with, like, a hood and, like, a like a silver cross, like as if Jake Ellenberger was a vampire. Hey, but hey, Jake Ellenberger hit people like he was possessed by the devil, so he wasn't that far off. Jake like Ellenberger was sleeping people. It was it was so ridiculous. Like I want, I yes! want, yes, 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 yeah. And then I was like, what, <laughs> what is go is going on? 
I Let's think see. at some point. Have you seen that Ender? No, I have not. Oh my but goodness, you gotta, you gotta see. At some point during season one, I think. Well, a lot of the plot points start off with everyone was drunk, and then this happened. Yeah. But so everyone was drunk, and someone I forgot who jumped the fence. So escaped. They escaped the premises <laughs> to go see a girl. Something right? like that. That was Noah. I forget his last name. But we like found him. They like found him because he was on a payphone yeah, yeah. calling back to the house. Right. Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I just pulled up the photo of Diego Sanchez. <laughs> With the cross. He's fighting vampires. Yeah, Diego so Sanchez, vampire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then it, it was like, if, if he was into mysticism, which he was, and like the positive, you know, self-validation, that's all, those are all tools that work. And after, you look at it at first and you're like, okay, he's just really into it. But now you see him now and you're like, Fuck, dude. It's like, kind of sad. Now. Is that just like, accentuated because he's taken so much damage in his career? Because he has, and um, you know, I, thank God Dano didn't let Connor fight Diego. I know we're sidetracked here, but Connor messaged him and was like, let "Yeah, kill this guy. no." He's like, let, "Let's let's set this up in <laughs> Vegas," and he's like, "They will shut me down <laughs> if I make this fight happen." Dana's like, "Why? Yeah. Why?" Connor's like looking like, "Who can I like? <laughs> has can Matt? I no." <laughs> Uh, Michael Chandler, no. Uh, ah, oh, ah. Old, weathered, worn-down Diego Sanchez. BJ Her, Penn, where you at? <laughs> so then it, they, they go through tough, and then there's some commentary on, like, the wars that are going on from, like, 2001, um, after 9-11 in Afghanistan, and then into uh, Operation Iraqi Enduring Freedom. Sorry to bring us way down. I'm just trying to... No, no. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But the documentary talked about that. Yeah. And they talk about, like, this, you know, constant idea of war that, you know, we have American citizens, maybe some people we know that are over there fighting and dying, and there's just, like, this disillusionment. And then they also mention, you know... Uh, I think 2008 is when the financial collapse happens, and it's like, you know, he, he has some interesting commentary where he says you're being told the economy's thriving, but your money is buying less and less, and things are more expensive, so, um, and I, I wish they went into this more. There's so many things they could have gone on, on to, and I just don't think they had enough time. They only had 20 minutes. Right. But, like, what happened under Reagan with, like, the corporate sector, and how, like, those private interests and that power really cemented itself... Um, in a, a different way and started influencing culture, even like what we consider PC culture. So he makes like the commentary where he says, you know, in this plastic world, um, why wouldn't people be, you know, gravity? Why wouldn't they gravitate towards something that's honest, like a fight, a fight where people are being vulnerable and there's no bullshit about it. It's not a politician fucking lying to you. It's not you're getting scammed by your company or getting laid off or any of that stuff that happens in life where it's like you really don't have a say you know unions were gutted during that time under reagan and it's like here's fighting and these two guys you know train their ass off and they get in the cage and then they decide it right there and sometimes there's controversy i don't want to leave that like you know we think someone wins and maybe they get robbed but I I found that like that was an interesting perspective, like to situate that along. Well, isn't the tagline to the UFC as real as real as it gets? Yeah, yeah right. That resonates with people. So I have a comment on that actually. Um, I my my high school yearbooks have this uh, section about what happened that year. Yeah, and I find it cool looking back through them and seeing that. So and what and what was was this two? Th- 
2001 or what year? Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Scott, let's just say Let's just say a little before that. Hold on. Uh, on the record, on the podcast, Scott, how old do you think Endo is? I'm not gonna guess. Just tell me the. I, I graduated in '96. Okay. Yeah, but um, you know, 2001. <laughs> it, it it's cool looking back at that to also see like world events and like mm-hmm. pop culture, right? Things like what it was like that year, and I, I I'm. St- Stoked and I enjoy the inclusion of those elements in this documentary series where they're talking about what was going on during that time period. But where I disagree, in my opinion, he's painting a picture and saying because of this time and the way the culture was, it was the perfect time for this to flourish at that time. For mm-hmm. the early UFCs, it, it married the culture of that time period. This pride and tough era this is where we were and this is why it worked. And I think that MMA in all of its forms would have resonated in almost all cultures and almost all times. It just it was a matter of education. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy documentaries that do this and talk about the context of the time period. Mm-hmm. But to draw the conclusion that this is why it worked, uh, I think... Like when I look at, when I look at when ESPN puts on like curling or like darts, or like uh, <laughs> I, I'm not joking, like cornhole. Uh, these things. Oh yeah, cornhole's on there. Bowling. Now. Who the yeah. hell do you mm. think I am? Yeah. I? These I I don't know if if my my finger isn't on the pulse of what what the mainstream <laughs> likes, but I mm. I think these things need ESPN to tell you you want to watch this, but no one really would. But I think a sport like uh, football or a sport like MMA does not, like, if you, if you just put it on, I think people would like it and, and it would resonate with people. Um, same with boxing. Like, I don't think that's ever going to get old. You know? And I don't think it was ever, it, it didn't flourish in any of the decades for hundreds of years that it flourished because of the time period. You know, it's just like, I think MMA is the kind of sport that hits a lot of people. Maybe not everybody, but I think it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think it speaks to a lot of people. Just, uh, and, and it, it doesn't matter where we are as a society. Mm-hmm. I think. That, that's my opinion of what MMA means to to humanity mm-hmm. yeah and i think like yeah there can always be like a generalization and that they take a particular line like and and, and they make no it, co- it, it's a good story it, it is and and i think there's and a lot it's part of the narrative it is right and so i think what they're trying to establish too is like we now you and i now call it a sport whereas before it it, it existed <laughs> in a relative obscurity and so like in, in the reaction to it from the cockfighting statements from McCain to like people just like throwing up their hands and saying this is the most vulgar thing we've ever seen and like it, it took a long time for it to be uh, legitimized and the thing is is on its merit and what it really is especially because we're practitioners we understand why for it to be accessible to people and then to be like almost universal in a sense, which is what it became. And now it's on ESPN and stuff. There had to be some sort of push from capital. 
And so from investment. And so then here's the contradiction I see from the documentary is like, okay, yes, we were granted more access. Yes, practitioners and real martial artists, like there's reasons why we did MMA and there's reasons why we loved it. But what has happened to something that we all enjoyed and love is the argument is, is that it's been commodified just like everything else. And for, for guys like us who like, you know, I have my very personal reasons for why I fought and why I did that. It was, it's just an interesting argument to look, to look at. And, and who knows, who knows, um, what it would have become, but unfortunately you need investment. You need to be able to get at that time with tough. The first one, you had to get it on uh, television and then there's all sorts of bizarre things. And I think interference that comes in with that. And then the art is kind of lost, um, uh, with that. But I agree with what you say. I mean, who, who knows? I think, um, there were hardcore fans who were doing jujitsu and watching fucking hoist Gracie. And they're like, that is technique. Like this isn't some bullshit or it's like, you know, uh, a cock fighting or whatever. Like this is, takes a lot of, a lot of work, but it has taken a significant amount of time, I think, to establish it as legitimate, um, which is weird when you run that uh, parallel against like boxing, but I think boxing's just been around longer. Um, so yeah. Yeah. If boxing didn't exist and it just came out like in the nineties, I think people would be like, holy shit, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are just going to punch just each someone's other? getting just head kick. Just <laughs> boing. So yeah. You're just going to punch each other. Is that, is that what you're going to do? But it's kind of similar to like what we were talking about last episode. It's like MMA. It's like Thanos. It's like inevitable. Like mm. if it wasn't I the UFC, so. something, something else was, was good. Was going to come. So right, I can definitely yeah. see like your viewpoint of it's like, was it a state of the times or was that just what was happening when when it was when, like when the events were yeah. occurring like from there like what caused what caused what, but um, yeah no it definitely is interesting though how, well it's interesting like definitely from my perspective in terms of oh yeah that's history now like right. whereas it's like yeah. oh yeah like looking looking back it doesn't seem like I mean I don't know Scott it doesn't seem like that long ago that like oh Ultimate Fighter that the, the no. hell the hell is this and but now it's been a while now it's been a while no oh no for sure and from yeah. there that's when I got involved dude that's when I was like I gotta get it, stop doing Aikido and I have to I have to do this <laughs> seriously no I was like I have <laughs> And it, but see if there hadn't been that push behind it but it's like we have to look at things in like their dual nature there's a lot going on with something as big as the ufc and the emergence of mma so we have to look at it from that perspective um that you just mentioned endo and we also have to look at it like okay what's actually happening though and it took people time to like see the monster that the ufc would become in, in a really dark way too and that's why the documentary starts out like fighting is the history of exploitation i think that's still partial i think there's a lot to fighting it's like there's but 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 like and maybe we'll get into this in the next episode there's so so much information out there now about the contracts these guys get and they get into that and you just and and i'll save information my personal perspective for the next episode where we address the contracts but yeah man it for me i didn't it became a spiritual thing. It became deeply spiritual when I fucking fought. And I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be the baddest motherfucker or anything. I wanted to like have this form of expression. And I was pushing myself and testing myself. And if you watch how the UFC promoted it, it's ne- it was never really about that. Pride had really shining moments of that with Shogun, with Sakuraba. And um, it would suck to see it fall out because something really heinous was propping it up. You know, dirty money and crime and all that. 
But um, the, the U, I, I think when the UFC got a hold of it, and uh, it just all the things that capital does. I mean, obviously you get funding, people get paid to do what they love, quote unquote. But it just takes a wrong turn, you know. You know, I'm just trying to take my science and you know get my old country breakfast, <laughs> dude. <laughs> that, no, bro, in Mattoo, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude. No, and then and then you're just getting hit with all the advertising. Like, every I me, totally every commercial was about I, I, science. I, I, you know, well, I told the science oh story God, on that I last episode. That. Did, did you you didn't hear the science? Story? No, this Bro, is new. We'll just repeat it. So like I I was young. I was like 18, and I'm like watching Ultimate Fighter, <laughs> and I'm seeing all these guys are taking science. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what <laughs> tough guys take. <laughs> So, dude, I go out and buy Zions, right? And I'm hella out of shape. Yes. All I was doing at this point in my life was getting hella drunk, all, trying to get out of high school or like a fucking trade program. Just getting drunk, getting in fights, doing a little bit of keto. I was just a, a mess. And I was like hitting hitting the bag every day just because I, I liked MMA and I liked training and I was trying to figure it out. So I bought so Zions, had a fucking beer belly. And I was like, I was literally like, all right, I'm going to take a scoop of this. I took way too much and didn't put enough water in it and chugged it. And then I just sat there and I was like, this shit's... And then I felt it like... Dude, listen. I felt it like 10 minutes later. I was like, all right, let's go. Zions. And I like ran out of my garage because that's where the fucking uh, bag was. And I run down this massive hill in Tacoma. or And I'm just obviously going down the hills easy. So I'm feeling like a stud. I'm like, fuck yeah, shit's really... <laughs> Shit's really working. Didn't factor in. I'm going downhill. That's how euphoric I was off this fucking crack cocaine. And then I get to the bottom of the hill and I turn around. I'm like, all right, now it's time to push. Dude, I ran up like not even halfway, like a block up the hill and I vomited. Pure blue. And see, that's what happens with commodity fetishism. That's what happens. That's how capital hijacks your brain right there. But dude, no, I was uh, all for so it, bro. Good. It was just like it was crazy. I totally forgot about that science. That's yeah, so awesome. Well, who? Yeah, fuck it. Was it. Like, it was like Chuckle Bell running with like a yeah. heavy bag <laughs> no, <laughs> and like a log. I think. No, he was pulling a Hummer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's pulling a Hummer. He's like, you little. Fa-. And in my mind, I'm watching the commercial. He's like, you little. I want to do that. He's like, you little chubby beer drinker. Yeah, I have a beer belly, but you should drink science. <laughs> Be just like me. Yeah, dude, those were the dark ages for me, bro. Like when me and my friends bought boxing gloves and we were boxing in my backyard and shit. That's how it started, dude. Those were my dark ages. But uh, yes. But yeah, that's where the documentary kind of closes out. Is like, okay, there's this different culture we're all living under, and you know, the '80s and the the policies that emerged out of the '80s under Reagan had a lot to do with that. And so, I mean, people are drawn to fighting. And that this isn't the only... And you know, I think you guys know where I'm going to go with this. It's almost unavoidable. It's like Fight Club. It's a huge critique of the same thing yep. in the 80s, right? And it's just like this guy who's in this very hierarchical, uh, monetized culture. He, like, is obsessed with, like, his Ikea and all his furniture and all this shit. And he's divorced... superficial stuff. Yeah, he's divorced from really any type of meaning in his life, so... I like Ikea. Then... <laughs> Sorry, go on. Do we have to start a fight club in this garage so you can dismiss Ikea? But no, you know... It, fight in your garage. What a, what a crazy concept, Scott. And also, like, American Psycho, that movie, too, is similar commentary to... Uh, a little bit more intense. The Rory McDonald's documentary. <laughs> Let me see Paul Allen's business card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
that's it's just kind of it is kind of just nostalgic like looking back it's like oh yeah that was uh that that was mma in the mid in the mid 2000s yeah yeah i remember watching tough on this super small vcr tv combo that i had in my room and it's just like this big dude and just sitting there and i'd have to hit it even though like we had i don't know why i had to hit it It was just fucking old and i was like oh shit UFC. I like that you asked Pochola. You asked the question, Ender. What was yeah? What was it like for you? Did you? What was your exposure to Pride? And I'm yeah. thinking back now, like, dude, I was like three. <laughs> no, 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 you no. When when Pride One came out, you weren't even born. It was no, 2000. I was. I was. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I'm going. Like, that's yeah, crazy. Hey, so I had no exposure. To what do you know? <laughs> He's like TV VCR combo. <laughs> yeah. Video store. Yeah. There were things called Blockbuster in the old days. Oh, God. In the old, old times. Shout out to Blockbuster. The one that's still alive. There's one in Oregon. Yeah. I would do. I don't know if you guys remember. I got my UFC tapes from... I forget what it was called, but it was in the mall. What was the video, state, video Ooh, store in the mall? In the mall. The oh, video yeah, video yeah. Hold on. Red? Fucking... Uh, was it that Sam Goody? Was it Hollywood? Hollywood Video? video? No. Hollywood Video was a, like outside. Was like outside. Blockbuster. Dude, I know what the you're... The one that's in the mall, though. Yep, I know yeah. what you're talking about, and no, it's you not- know what? It's it's gone forever, just like that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? No, because <laughs> oh, good old, good old video. Wait, story. you guys got your videos at the mall? Yeah, yeah, huh. man. yeah, dude. And our CDs. CDs. Yeah. CDs. You know what that is, Ender? CD. Of course. <laughs> God damn it, Scott. Do you, do you know what? A CD? Hey, you know what a Walkman is? What is he that actually, like? Uh, uh, today asked me because he's moving. He's yeah. moving out. Um, he was asking me, like, uh, what do, do I do with all these CDs? Because he listens to them at our house because we have a CD player. But That's now he's moving, it's like, I was like, um, how do I listen to these? Yeah, I have a like fat stack of like 50 CDs. I'm like, I have no way to listen oh. to any of these. Sam, oh, wait, was right. it called Laptops Sam Goody? Like CD drives now. Sam Goody was, Sam one. Goody was, was a music a, store. That was the mm. music store, and they did sell videos. That's not where I got my. That's where I got Ghetto Brawls. <laughs> is that the precursor to Street Leafs? Ghetto Brawls is crazy, bro. Be prepared. Be be prepared. <laughs> well, what is it? Uh, it is what I just said. It <laughs> it's people from pretty self economically deprived areas fucking boxing each other, and it's like you know, it's like the Kimbo shit, and then sometimes yeah. it's literally people just getting stomped out and jumped, which yeah. isn't fun. Well, do you remember bum fights, dude? Oh, that no. would. Precursor to Rough yeah. and Rowdy? Talk about exploitation. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh, God. I have all the... Why did you bring that up? I have all these memories now. Vivid memories of those videos. The fucking guy who founded that went on Dr. Phil, and he dressed up like Dr. Phil. Oh, <laughs> it was so... Uh, well, because he's... Obviously, Dr. Phil was the good guy in this scenario, and he's like, what are you doing to these like homeless people? Like, you're... Making them knock each other out and do these drugs. But the dude had like commentary on how Doctor Phil like. What was the What was the too, whole, right? the Sorry, what did you say, Ender? I thought the dude who dressed up like Doctor Phil had like commentary on was doing that to show to show that Doctor Phil was just as bad as he was. Maybe Something. I don't remember. I, don't I think know. he was just mocking him. Probably. But who anyway, is, go on. Who was the star of that? Otis was that that man's name? Oh, I, I forget. I just and there were some vets in I there mean, too, and I you're mean, just we like were just Ugh. talking about exploitation. I was like, oh, that's like up there. Yeah, it is. What was that? So there's bum fights, ghetto brawls, just world star, bro. Remember that? <sighs> world star, 
See, that's what happens. Things rise in culture and then they just shatter. Good. No, because I don't remember that middle school just like watching like fight videos. Like, oh man. Everybody thought Kimbo was God when I was in high school. Oh, hell yeah. My sophomore year, my friends pulled me into the library and they're like, you got to watch this guy. And he's like, where he does like the Tyson bob and weave and he hits that guy with a right and like pops his eye out of his socket. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're not familiar with this? No. Oh, man. Yeah. Jorge back, was in one of the backyard fights. Back in the early days. Dude, Shout my, out to Game Bread. My favorite, uh, my favorite street fight that was on, yeah, that was online was, uh, uh, Bieber versus McDonald. No, 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 no. Not, I mean, this is not comment. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I'm, That'll I'm, be saying chop before, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, it was this, um, it, it was, it was this, it was this like guy in a red shirt that got into like a deep kung fu stance. Oh <laughs> yeah, he, yes. no, he hit him with a legitimate kung fu technique. It's called yes. a ridge hand. Yes, he hit my him with sensei a ridge in Aikido showed me that. And I went, <laughs> oh, no, God. seriously. And when he was showing me Bill Rowling, bro, <laughs> yeah. shout out to him. He was showing me. He's like Scott. This will, if you ever get in a fight, this will knock someone out. And I was like, okay. And then he, <laughs> no, seriously. And then he hit the heavy bag and he just swung it. And I was like, oh dang. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Andrew. I'll definitely show. If you haven't seen this, this, this is a classic. You can this show is, it to me. Yeah. This, this is. Yeah. This is classic oh, no, tough no. era. <laughs> like, isn't isn't homeboy who took the karate stance? His girl's there, right? Yeah. She's like, no, don't, no, because this th- you're like the. Yeah. The the gangster's gonna piece him in. Yeah, get just, a, I was like, oh, nope. Kung Fu guy wins. Yeah, he oh. parries it with this. Spoiler alert. Dude, pull it up. No, <laughs> yeah. pull it up right I'll, now. I'll pull it up right now. It, it, we gotta get is, this. Oh man, it 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 is it's a it's a high school classic. <laughs> Red Kung Fu Street. Dude, we've just taken a deep dive into nostalgia. <laughs> I know we're just di- yeah we're just diving. It's probably it's probably healthy to do that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What what is this? Is this one? It's not nostalgia for me though. It's history. I've never seen it. Oh, you've never? What were we saying? One of the cool things for. About tough for me was no, nope, it's not. Um, like I grew up in high school with the early UFCs and and fell in love with the 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 primal early days of MMA, and then it it became harder and harder to find when McCain shut it down, and then uh, when Pride was starting up, that oh, was when God, this was yeah, this is a, the grainy mid two thousands video. The, the, this, this was filmed what, on a potato. What? This is what. This is what the graphics were right. back back then. We're yeah, we're watching. Let's see. Yes. Oh god. Wow. Oh Poor my stance. god. Did you see? Watch. He's watch. He's gonna hit him with the yeah. I, see I was him. thinking just. I was like, no way. Hey, he's no, priming he, this. Hey, Ender. Yes. Oh, watch it. Now hear your reaction. Then I'll comment. Sorry. Yes, sir. No, don't do that on the podcast. Don't call me sir. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're, we're watching happening. it right now, and then oh, yeah, and then the guy is like is laughing, but no, this guy is legit. <laughs> My boy's serious. Oh, uh, th- this has some edits here. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're both so bad. Oh yes. I, oh, I didn't say not, the other guy was good. They're not hitting each other. No, but wait, wait. <laughs> no one's landing anything. There oh it is. shit! Wow. Yeah, oh. he, yeah, he landed. Oh, he You're, landed? Yeah, he landed. Ridge hand, baby. Yep. Down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Bro. I, I remember watching, I was like, no way. Yeah, just bam. So, Ender, mm. when you go on a date, whenever that is next, I'll, you can... So, 25, got it. You can, pay, you can pay me to show up, and I'll challenge you, and then you take fucking horse stands. <laughs> And you and we'll practice, dude. From now until twenty five, I'm invested. We'll practice oh, fucking oh ridge God, hand. We idea. will practice ridge hand, and you will take me out like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right in front of this girl, man. And guess what? That'll probably be your wife. And it, <laughs> and, it, and if I die, you know what? It's okay. I'm glad I could help you out. 
Just just consider me like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And you're hearing this live. <laughs> you want to make it work and like. No, I, no, I want him to touch me in the chin and make my soul leave my body. Because when that happens, she'll know that this is the man for me. So for our female She's listeners of Pancreation Philosophy. <laughs> yeah, it has to be as real as possible. You gotta be prepared. That. Yeah, airdrop that. But, um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And also, that's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, just, gotta, just make her jealous. But, uh, yeah. So, well, okay, this is kind of got okay. Let's let's wrap this is it up. Are we, is there anything else we didn't cover or? Let's bring it back. No, I think I know. I think we did good. I mean, we, it was we kind of got it. Yeah, covered covered pride, covered the the tough, the beginning of tough, and I mean, shared our own our own various ways of what what we were doing during that time. I mean, Scott and I were starting to get into martial arts. Mm-hmm. I didn't exist. Ender started the teeth. <laughs> yeah, Ender wasn't. Alive. So when Ender was born, that's when Shiloh and I, uh, like, we were trying to keep up with the OC. And that, around that time is when my band started going on tour, like, mm-hmm. every every other month. Mm. So it was just harder to, like, follow. And so uh, Tough was, one thing that I liked about Tough was it, it brought me back into the sport. Yeah. It was it was getting harder and harder to follow for, for like, a two or three year period yeah and then tough brought us back you're welcome yeah <laughs> like how, how are you gonna take credit for you have saying yeah. you made it harder yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was not yeah, that is yeah, what I'm saying I was like I don't think that's in the right context you're welcome <laughs> yeah. yeah but you raised a great young man look at him now getting stronger every day mm. oh, but yeah that was um, yeah no and it was uh, yeah it, it was a different time for sure and it's no it's funny cause it at both it seems like not that long ago but then seeing like what mma is now is like oh wow that was it's both like a long time and crazy how little time it is for how far it's come right yes both of those things yes like for both it's it's both yeah in both from both perspectives yeah and some people that were prominent in that are still fighting like anderson silva's fighting this weekend he's fighting tomorrow dude yeah, he pieced I, in. He pieced in Chris Lieben for his first fight in the UFC. No, that's the thing. Big, that big, big, like, big, big. That was his uh, the origin. Yeah. Like, mm. Oh shit. Yeah. And I was and like, Lieben was on a tear at that point. And Silva yeah, was in his yeah. late twenties, dude. Yeah. 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 No, I want to say yeah, maybe even in his like because early thirties, early thirties. Yeah, like, dude. At that time. And he made a run like and a boss. Yeah. And that's her, the thing because I just watched Ultimate Fighter and I was like, oh man. Chris Lee was gonna kill this guy. Yeah, and he'll go back to Japan with a competition. That aged so bad. That would be hilarious if that's what you said. You're just sitting there. You're like, man, Chris Lee gonna kill this guy, and then we'll have to go back to Japan where the competition's a little easier. <laughs> no, no, because he that... didn't land anything, dude. He got no. touched. Yeah, Ugh. it was all. It was amazing. Yeah, it, it was like wow. He hit like a thirty hit combo on him. <laughs> it was like wow. That had guy had literally no chance, yeah. dude. Seeing that one, I was kind of like, I, I mean, Chris, you sorry, buddy. That's like what you get. But then watching what he did to Rich Franklin was really hard because like, oh yeah, we've trained with Rich. I don't know if you have. I did. Uh, yeah, and uh, did we train with him before he fought Anderson? Yeah, I, we trained with him before. Yeah, he fought. yeah, because back in like what that was two 2000- thousand. Yes, a little bit. So, Rich is a cool guy, awesome yeah. guy, and just to, and Rich was one of my favorites. I like he was great. He would, yeah, and he, very he, he, in his prime during that time. The only person he couldn't beat was Anderson. Right, he would beat everyone below. But and Anderson. so, and that's what I'm saying. When Anderson, Anderson did that to him, I was just like, oh my gosh! In the clinch, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. No way. I trained with him after. I think 
We trained I, with them both, like, like during... Because like, I remember when after. the first fight, I was still doing Muay Thai. There we go. Yeah. Ender well, and I watched uh, the Anderson Forest fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched that last night, too. Oh, my... It's like... Oh, my God, it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like Wait, can we, can we do one thing? This could be another episode, like, maybe bonus content, but, like... What the pound for pound debate is like bothering me because Khabib's making the claim. I think the jo- pound for John pound is silly, uh, but it's you I can don't have get an it. About it. I mean, you yeah, okay, yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's like all opinion. There's no objective thing, right? So the John's John has a decent claim. He's like 15, not decent. It's a pretty overwhelming like John, fi- Jones. John Jones, 15. No way, dude. 15, Jones, 15 victories with an asterisk. Because of the the PED, but I'm just saying, like, I, I still think fifteen. It's, still it's like saying which superhero would beat the other. Well, obviously, it's super. But then, how many Squirrel Girl? <laughs> so you have Anderson too, and like, I, for me, the greatest like of all time. How are you not putting your boy? No, I know. Wait, dude, wait, <laughs> Who, dude, wait, wait. Obviously, greatest of all time. Don't do don't do that on this podcast because I don't think he'll listen. And if he does, I don't know if he'll get this far. DJ, how you doing, DJ? Dem- no, Demetrius Johnson, Demetrius by Johnson. far my personal pound for pound top. He's my he's my good. period. Yeah. But I was gonna ask, how many title defenses does DJ have? Like, is is it high? Is it like past ten? Isn't 12. it? It's twelve. 12. Yeah, he broke the record. It's twelve. Okay. So I'm with it's that. It's like it's eleven because Anderson had ten. He's, he's I mean, won really, he won the Cejudo fight. So it's so that what hand. makes that even more impressive yeah, is he won the Cejudo fight. So, so it's twelve really, to me. Yeah. So, wait, so is it eleven? It's, it's eleven, 11 defenses, but that's twelve championships. But it's twelve championships. Yeah, eleven defenses, twelve championships. Yeah, because he because he won against win against Benavidez the first time. So that's what like that's how how do you gauge this? Because it's like he's the first flyweight champion, and he maintains it for 11 defenses that's remarkable and so like i was thinking about this on the drive over here i was like maybe okay because i gotta be honest i was like man john jones uh, dj hmm?" i'm like based on the numbers i don't know dj's my boy so i'm trying to be objective right now the way i look at it is just you just looking at them fight forget the numbers aside i think oh yeah come on yeah dj he knows more he knows more he's smoother less mistakes he does. Wait, does I don't he? even know why this is a competition. It's obviously Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys, does he guys, does he guys. make less mistakes like? than John Jones? John Jones makes a ton guys, of mistakes. Guys, guys, you're all wrong. It's Artem Lobov, <laughs> <laughs> the goat. Hey, bro, don't do the Siberian Express will come for you. He's just the cleanest fighter I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure, no he doubt about the least it. Amount of no time. doubt about it, bro. That's why I would have liked to see him fight. Honestly, TJ, like, I don't but... think I, I would put even like GSP above John. What? No, I, I can't do too. that, bro. I would. I would. Why, why, why? I can't do that, why, dude. Why not GSP over John? Because John Jones is far more dominant than I GSP. Love how you you didn't want to enter this conversation, but couldn't help <laughs> No, I know. You want you want to talk about dominance, though? Okay, John's last couple of fights, like, so the Gustafson fight was close, and then with Reyes, that, that was a close fight, but... Before that, he was killing legends. Oh no, dude. he dominated Gustafson. Though. I think, he dude, what him. he did to Machida, what he did to Shogun, and then what he did to uh, Gustafson the second time, like, oh my gosh! Like, you can't look at his body. You can't look at John Jones' body of work and not be just extremely yeah. impressed. PED is really impressive. 
Okay, but can you can you look at all, so okay he did P PEDs right? It's just all right, but does that mean he did them for every single fight? Do we know Dude, that? Do we have that information? Maybe. <laughs> how how I would weigh it though, because what what I would say GSP higher is like look at like yeah look at the guys he beat and how dominant, but then all look at the guys that GSP fought and look at how they did like against other people like from there like Matt Hughes like uh, arguably all time great BJ Penn like twice like from from there like. He beat, he beat, like, I would say, like, and just also, like, there's a bigger talent pool in welterweight than there, than there is, like, at, like at light heavy. than that light heavyweight. Especially I, for that time. He beat, like, John Jones beat a bunch of old, like, heavyweights. Yeah. I also, for me... Wait, but then the, then if you, if you take that line, then you have to disregard, like, a lot of stuff Mike Tyson did, too, then. So it's not really... what is that's Is that Jones' fault that... He's coming in and maybe I do discount it. But 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 Gu- but Gus a pound for pound discussion. But Gustafson, but Gustafson, and then Reyes and these like new breeds of fighters, like he still beat them too. The the thing that does it for me is for me pound for what pound. does it for me? Yeah, for, pound for yeah. pound for me means it's uh, who has the most skill. That if it, it depending on it doesn't matter where they are, what weight class they're in, who has mm-hmm. the most skill. in a vacuum, who has. Who's the best? Who's the best? Uh, so, uh, it's always hard for me to consider two hundred fivers and above because you just need less skill to do what those guys do at that weight. Mm-hmm. Like comparatively, so, and I, I totally agree with that. So I think when you're thinking pound for pound, it's got to be a lighter guy because they just have to do more. They have to know more. They have to understand the game. Like more. if a heavyweight knocks someone out, like. How much technique did they need to do that? Yeah, I mean, if you want to go back to boxing mm. again, it's like like who's considerably like people that they consider like pound for pound. It's it's, it's always a lighter weight guy no. like Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, but or Willie Pep. What's up? What's up? Oh, go ahead. No, what are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say it's good. It's lighter weight guys. The guys that have more skill is what they say for pound for pound. That's why they brought up pound for pound because they would say like, oh, if if everything was the same, yeah. then what would then what would make the difference? Skill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean. It, if you take John Jones, I don't know why I'm going so hard for John Jones. <laughs> but no, because like on this podcast, if DJ I, was John Jones's size, he would fuck him up. No, Agreed. obviously, dude, having trained with DJ and then fought him a long time ago before, like he did the the swing and like. But being with him most of his career, I'm not sitting here saying that DJ isn't more skilled in a lot of areas than John Jones. If you look at DJ's body of work, it's clear. Like from the lifting up in the you know that armbar on uh, Ray Borg to like I mean even his knee finish of Cejudo who else has done that to Cejudo and then beating Dotson once like under immense adversity and, and then just everything else he does like his control from top his uh, attacks from bottom it's hard to think of really anything DJ does wrong and if he does make a mistake he corrects it like immediately in real time the thing about john jones though is it's like his ability to control range and how dynamic he is with elbows and even his wrestling and his greco-roman coming from like a uh juco background to going and doing that to guys like daniel cormier an olympian and beating him in the clinch and it's like i just feel like because john honestly he's like the bad guy and he's owned that. He went from being like this Christian guy. We talked about this on the last podcast, so I won't bring it back up. But I, it's, it, I want to compare both of them. And like, if if you look at both of them side by side, it's like, is it close or is it not close? That's, I guess, a question I'm asking. Because in my mind, I think 
I, I think Jones and DJ are closer than most people would say. At least in, in my mind. Uh, most people don't even consider DJ in the conversation. Which is uh, fucking stupid. So, which is um, fucking stupid. Because I, I still think it comes down to, like to skill and strength of schedule is how I is how I look at it. And then the strength of schedule is like is how well skilled are the people that you're beating. Yeah. Like, in, in that sense. Yeah. It's like, and it and. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that's how it looked because it showed. Well, it was a meme, but it showed like you know Habib's like you know last like last three fights, and it's you know it's it's Gagey, Dustin Poirier, and then let's see who. Oh yeah, and, and then Connor, and then it and then it shows like oh Jones's last two fights like former baseball player, it's like, <laughs> it's like former former middleweight, and then. But see, that's biased because it's like then you were, why are those the. Why are those like the is it, is analyses it of, is it of a former because baseball player who became so like the number one contender in the UFC in one of the biggest organizations in the world? I mean, that is fantastic, but would a former baseball player make it in the welterweight division? I don't know. Make I, it don't know. In I don't the know. The flyweight division? I would argue no. It. I, I don't know. I just think like, I feel like... I think athleticism comes into play the heavier you go and skill comes into play way more importantly the lower weight you go i mean look at the origins of it's so hard to like this conversation yeah yeah it is but that's what makes it so juicy because there's so many good points but it's impossible but it's fun it is fun for me it like dj pound for pound no doubt like if if he also rocked at 135 and he was always the smallest 125 or you know right so that helps you in pound for pound, because he was. I think pound for pound kind of deadlocks us though, because I'm like, okay, if there's a 35er who is dynamic like Jones and has reach, like how does someone like DJ, how does that fight go? Or if someone that's has... a silly argument, but we'll keep talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but the asterisk thing is interesting, and obviously Daniel Cormier made a very explicit point about why he didn't pick John Jones because people who, but or piss hot or bust for peds aren't considered in his pound for pound and a lot of other people have agreed i just i don't know man i i think john's one of the greatest ever i don't know if i could say the but i think he's up there and you have to consider him closely alongside like anderson silva and demetrius johnson like you have to i don't i i I, yeah I, i i don't either but also at the same time it's like I mean, because we're getting into all these points about okay, who is better, and also like, who cares? <laughs> like, no, that's the thing, man. Like, like, oh man, that's really how you know. Does does DJ lose any sleep at night? Well, I guess John Jones loses sleep when he yes. realizes he's not number one. But yeah, but I mean, you I guess who I, cares. I, but you did bring up a lot of points, yeah. but yeah, you did. No, so no, we can't. Let's not just say who cares. I mean, yeah. it's an interesting point of discussion yeah. and. I mean, I wonder, would people be saying that if John Jones didn't have, like, the outside stuff he deals with? Or, oh, no, like, I, lo- I love PD. John Jones because of that stuff. Yeah. I, I root for him so hard. <laughs> no, no, because cause I'm just a troll. That's <laughs> I mean, and, that, and that's why I joined this conversation. But, uh, yeah, because ultimately, like, yeah, you, you can enjoy, like, any any fighters for what they do. If anything, if anything, I like to, I like to pick, like... You know, sensei shields. I like to pick like ups, like fighters who don't really have, who just have you know like funny aspects about because that that that's the thing. It's like already it's already uh, an interesting sport enough. But okay, you're you're the best, and then that that that's all well and good. But I just like the funny stories. You know, like yeah. the fact like with Jake Shields, I love the fact that he fought Ray Cooper the second, and then he fought Ray Cooper the third. <laughs> Same career. <laughs> but then yes. you bring up an interesting point too, because yeah. it's like, well, I think there's obviously this is just being super liberal about it. Is there's just 
every champion has unique characteristics about them and like every Khabib, fighter does every fighter and and if we're talking world champions it's like okay Khabib only had four title defenses but he had one of the most dominant reigns in the UFC period but I see and now that. once again you're going you're going my argument in terms of strengths of schedule yeah he beat everyone yeah good in his division except for Tony well did you he might be sticking around for 30 is what I've been hearing That'd be cool. What they should do is have Chandler. Does his dad know? <laughs> Does his dad know? Because he was he retired because he doesn't want to fight because his dad died. Well, no, <laughs> no. His mom said to stop. His dad wants him to get wanted him to get thirty. That's well, does his mom know? <laughs> I don't know. His, that's his mom will have enough money. <laughs> but yeah, they should have uh, Ferguson fight Chandler. Here's and... another way to look at it: is uh, if 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 John and GSP and DJ all had equal teaching skill, because teaching is its own thing, but let's say they all had the same teaching skill, who would I want to learn? DJ, from? exactly. Well, John I did Jones. learn. Well, I'm sitting. No, I'm sitting he, here. He likes like, to party. I'm like, Bless why him. do I know all the shit? I know I worked with DJ for a really yeah. long time. So well, obviously, dude, like, DJ's the guy. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to flush this shit case. out. You're I'm trying to make, make a, a case. case here. Yeah, and I'm just saying, there's no case. Yeah. Like, I thought for a while, like, maybe I'm biased because I know I'm like, nah, I think he's just that good. Now, if we consider other things besides records and just DJ as a person and a martial artist, oh. no fucking yeah, how doubt. The no, and then could be no, no, too. No contest, John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, I and also, I don't know, man. It gets so subjective, but I, I am really impressed when, and I was thinking about this, like, you fight for the title in a brand new division and then you hold the belt for... 11 defenses it's, it's remarkable and then yeah we'll get more into the ufc and their bullshit but i mean you know he he really was and he said it. he's yeah. like the fucking george washington of the that's what he said i'm the george washington in the flyweight division and he was like yeah. he's the pioneer and yeah. and it sucked that you know cejudo fucking sque- and, the, and now we, we're sitting here looking at cejudo and he's like i'm the champ champ it's like bro you still haven't even touched anything you have two belts Hats off to you, but like you, you're not even close with the flyweight belt. You can't claim that you're the best no, flyweight ever. His strength is you, yeah, he can't. Anyway, the the right, conversation so that up, never uh, ends. Yeah, so let's wrap it up. Uh, John Jones better than Demetrius Johnson. No, anyway. wait, no. That's, that's a good. quote from Scott. But not as good as Scott. We'll just cut this. Go. We'll cut no, this bro. No, DJ is my pound for pound. Let it be known. No hesitation. <laughs> Period. DJ is not my pound for pound. <laughs> The baddest man on the planet still. John Jones. <laughs> All right, Dude, guys, John Jones talk. tweets me. <laughs> John Jones like, yes, these guys know what they're talking about. Oh. All right. All right, good, good stuff, guys. Good show, Thanks. guys. Good I mean, job. definitely we talked about the fighting in age of loneliness somewhere, somewhere over there. But yes. Bye. 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 Like, share, subscribe. All the things. Dude, that entry.